Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week in preparation for Sabbath, March 5th, we look at Lesson 10, Jesus Opens the Way Through the Veil. Together, let's embark on a journey to see the importance of Christ in the sanctuary. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word, and together we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. Here we are, uh, Lesson 10, Jesus Opens the Way Through the Veil, and our memory text comes from Hebrews chapter 9, verse 24. For Christ has not entered the holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. I love this because we're getting a sneak peek into what God's doing in the sanctuary. Absolutely. Well, you know, we're just, uh, you know, this this week's lesson, we're just talking exactly all about that. Where is Jesus and what is he doing right now? And yeah, so, so tell us about Jesus before the Father, Michael. Absolutely. Well, let's uh, you know turn to Hebrews not, chapter 9, verse 24, and I'm going to read from the uh, NIV here. It's just a short passage, but absolutely essential for our uh, lesson study for this week. For Christ did not enter a sanctuary made with human hands that was only a copy of the true one, but he entered heaven itself, now to appear for us, in God's presence. And um, after probably like Daniel 8, 14, right. 2300 days, you know, yes, um, this has got to be one of the most important texts for Adventist identity. Yes. Agreed. And the reason being simply is that what, where is Jesus? What is he doing? What happened after the ascension uh, and Pentecost and all of that? Uh, where did Jesus go? Right. right. And uh, what, this passage makes very clear is that Jesus enters into the sanctuary in heaven. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people debate that, you know, what exactly is that sanctuary? Uh, but you have to really, to really grasp that, you have to go back to the Old Testament, the system of symbols through the sanctuary, because you have this literal, this physical sanctuary, right? Uh, and, and why would God do that? Well, it's a, a kind of a lesson book. It's a teaching moment in which God's trying to teach the, the ancient Israelites. And, and the sanctuary, both for the Israelites and other ancient Near Eastern, Eastern cultures, right. was the throne room of, of the deity. Mm-hmm. It's where the deity made decisions. It's where, uh, and it's not uncommon to look at at these uh, various uh, cultic temples, and I mean that in the the strict, you know, yeah, archaeological right, right. sense here, right? The, but the ritual and religious uh, kinds of things where you have these two phases of a sanctuary. You have a, a holy place, and then you have like this inner sanctum, the, the most holy place. And, and right. that inner sanctum is... Uh, usually the deity itself, sometimes deities, right? Uh, and they would, um, and and that's the that's the throne room, and that that parallels also the ancient Near Eastern cultures in terms of the uh, system uh, where you'd have a king, and again, uh, governs the, you know, whatever the kingdom. Uh, from their throne room, it's it's where key decisions are being made. And so, what 
the author of Paul is talking about is is trying to unpack for us, you know, where are the key decisions being made in the plan of salvation? The God of the universe, where is his sanctuary? Obviously, God makes decisions and he is tangibly involved in our lives and in the story of, of human salvation. So where does that all pl- take place? And so uh, Jesus goes before the Father, before his throne room, in the the, the language here uh, of, of the sanctuary so that we get a glimpse of what Jesus is doing uh, for us. But in order to really appreciate that, um, in all of that context, we need to better understand God's invitation for us. Yes. So, Michael, I'll add this as I was t- yeah, taking yeah. A Dr. Roy Gaines' class. He oh, yes, fabulous, cause, right? Because some people said, well... These other uh, ancient uh, kingdoms, they they had their temple mm-hmm. set up before right. yeah. uh, Israel, and they had this most holy place and holy place. So, so where'd that come from, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he explained because we believe in a great controversy. Who do you think's behind that? Yeah, there's going to be always a true with a counterfeit. Yeah, exactly. The yeah. devil shared plans of the counterfeit, and they took it, right? So it really shouldn't surprise us that we see these other similarities. Then, yeah, exactly. And so let's let's move on to God's invitation. And this is found in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 18 through 21. For you have not come to the mountain that may be touched and that may be burned with fire and to, and to the blackness and darkness and tempest and the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words so that those who heard it begged that the word should not be spoken to them anymore. For they could not endure what was commanded. And if so, so much as a beast touches this, uh, touches the mountain, it shall be stoned or shot with an arrow. And so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I am exceedingly afraid and trembling. Now, this is uh, alluding to Exodus chapter 19, where uh, God shows the physical manifestation mm-hmm. of his glory, right? Mm, so much wow. that people were terrified. They're afraid to to come to God and everything else. Yeah. And and he he's he's sharing here in the very first verse here. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, reread verse 18 in the contemporary English version. Mm-hmm. You have not come to a place like Mount Sinai that can be seen and touched. There is no flaming fire or dark cloud, dark cloud or storm. In other words, this is not that. I'm not. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm not uh, causing you to fear. Instead, he wants them to come and talk with him and not be afraid, right? Yeah. Uh, what is it? What does it share uh, later on? We'll, we'll, I think we'll get into this. Well, First John, mm-hmm. uh, perfect love casts out all fear, yeah. right? Yeah. And so he is saying, I want you to come in this love. And, and it's not that he didn't love the children of Israel then. He was so frustrated right yeah (laughs) we serve serve a god who loves us yeah and he's saying you guys are doubting my realness my existence my intentions yes my intentions right yeah i the red sea Mm -hmm. the plagues of egypt all these things i've done for you and you still Mm -hmm. have these doubts yeah and 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 guess what even after the manifestation there at the mount sinai Mm -hmm. they still they still had doubts because it was after that they had Mm -hmm. the golden calf experience Mm -hmm. uh and so he is saying now, come here, not out of fear uh, that that you traditionally come, but out of love that that he's trying to invite us with now. And so I, I, w- I want us to think about that. And, and, and it starts out with this question at the bottom. Because of Jesus, why should we not be afraid to draw near to a holy God? Mm-hmm. What are the conditions, however, for us to be able to draw near? Hmm. To me, the only condition is the prompting of the Holy Spirit, which is prompting all of us. 
and a willingness to say, here I am, Lord. Yeah. Here I am, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and with that uh, being said, Michael, tell us about the need for the veil. Yeah, so this is fireworks here, man. Yes, it is. <laughs> Nadab and Abihu, Uh-oh. you know, taking unconsecrated things before the Lord, and they get zapped. That's when you should be afraid. <laughs> yeah, you should be afraid. And, and and this is not like this accidental kind of thing, right? This is intentional, um, desecrating, like totally um, just... Uh, disrespecting um, God. Yeah, yeah. Blat- is blatant. Blatant. Yeah, and this is this is what's happening. And you know, it kind of reminds me. You know, as I'm driving into Keene this morning, uh, we're at the time of year where the light and its sunlight's just coming up along the horizon, and it gets into your eyes. Oh. And so, oh, yes. my daughter was trying to talk to me about something. I'm like, hey, I, I'm sorry, I got to concentrate. Yes, <laughs> I had to block that sun. It was just so bright, I could hardly see. And and and. You know, I don't expect my kids to understand this because they have they don't have driver's licenses yet. But if you can't see, the the danger is you just drive off the road, or worse, you drive into somebody. Yeah, o- over the last four days with our ice storm that we've had here. Yeah, we had what seven hundred and twenty something accidents that happened. I don't know. I snuck out yesterday after it got just above freezing, and I saw a bunch of flashing lights at a couple at two different intersections. So I can believe that. Yes, indeed. <laughs> oh man. Well, you know, it's just the light is blinding, and and that's dangerous because you literally can't see, and you're going to crash. And so I, I just said, you know, tell me in a minute. I'm concentrating. <laughs> and and I think that's kind of what it is, is that God's glory is just so bright that with our sinful perspective, that uh, with carnal eyes, so to speak, that if if uh, that that God in his mercy, he's not trying to like, oh, I'm better than you. No, it's it's God in his love and, and all of that is just so amazing, so profound, so other, so different that that to our sometimes sinful perspective, and especially in a case of Nadab and Abihu, where it's not just our sinful perspective, but but they're deliberately disrespecting God. And yeah. at that case, um, uh, they 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 died, and, yeah, and they so this is kind of a reminder. You know, pay attention, pay attention. This is important. But God, in His mercy, He veils Himself, and in the temple, in the sanctuary, He veils Himself. Uh, only the high priest was supposed to go into the most holy place because that's where the Shekinah glory was. That's where the presence of God was. That's where the mm-hmm. Ark of the Covenant was. And um, so, yeah, God God is merciful. He He veils Himself for our benefit, not to not to make it difficult for us to see him. It's just that we we can't take it all in at once if no, we if we really uh, were there. So so how do we how do we connect with this uh, this new and living way, uh, this whole thing of through the veil? So Hebrews 10, 19 through 22, it's, it's so beautiful. I, I have to read in the contemporary English version, mm-hmm. just reads a little bit better. It says, My friends, the blood of Jesus gives us courage to enter the most holy place. Mm. By a new way that leads to life, and this way takes us through the curtain that is Christ himself. Mm. We have a great high priest who is in charge of God's house. So let us come near God with pure hearts and a confidence that comes from having faith. Let, let's keep our hearts pure, our consciences free from evil, mm-hmm. and our bodies washed with clean water. Yeah. You know, earlier we, we asked the question, what is, it, well, what is God wanting us to do in order to come near? Sure. Yes, he wants us to just be willing and come, but he's asking of us our obedience. He is asking of us our repentance. Wow. 
Uh, and and that is not something that is uh, a check mark. Mm-hmm. It's not something because you can do it with the incorrect motives and it not be worthy in the sight of God. Yeah. I can be obedient to try to outdo you, Michael, and mm-hmm. God is saying, depart from me. I never knew you. Yeah. Or I can be obedient because I love God because he first loved me. And he is saying, well done, my good and faithful servant of whom I'm well pleased. Yeah. And so intentions matter, which is why uh, I believe Paul sh- shared here. Mm-hmm. Let us keep our hearts pure, our consciences free from evil, yeah. and our bodies washed with clean water. Yeah. Uh, by beholding, we become changed. Exactly. And when you are in the presence of a holy God, mm. sanctification takes place. Regeneration takes place. Yeah. All these things take place of growth and maturity that comes from being around Christ because we are disciples of Jesus Christ. Love it. And so uh, uh, the new and living way through the veil is mm-hmm. through Christ himself. Yeah. Right? I uh, mean, that's what the whole point was all along anyways, right? We had a, <laughs> we had a, a fantastic opener for the week of prayer a couple of weeks ago, mm. uh, our, one of our students, Christian Chung, mm-hmm. he sh- uh, actually, no, it was Christian Chung. He, he started off with uh, pointing us towards uh, Philippians 2, mm. uh, 5, you know, let this mind be in you, this is Christ Jesus. But it Love finished it. with Edele Way, who said, a lot of us are trying to get to heaven because we want the streets of gold and the sea of glass. Mm-hmm. He says, heaven is not a place, it is a person. Wow. That is our home. Jesus Christ. The the very reason why the disciples, the apostles, they want to be reuni- uh, get to heaven is because they want to be reunited with Christ. Sounds to me like if I'm hearing that right, we're thinking in terms of the wrong currency. Yes. Yes, we are, right? <laughs> we're thinking of the currency of, of uh, riches and gold and all of that. And Jesus is like, I the currency I care about is, is your heart. We have to remember the rich young ruler wanted to mm. make it to heaven as well. Yeah. And he walked away sorrowfully. Yeah. Because he wanted his riches over Jesus. That's intense. And we, as as disciples of Christ, our riches are Jesus. <laughs> mm. Right? And yeah. so, uh, Michael, tell us about how we will see his face. They will see his face. All right. I got to just dive in and, and read this uh, final passage here for us. Because I think it's just so uh, critical. And again, I'm reading from the NIV today. It says, but you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. And you have come to thousands upon thousands of of angels in joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven. And you have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of the righteous made perfect. Mm. And here's the key verse here. To Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. And, you know, I think just this, this is so important for us to kind of grasp um, this whole process and symbolism of the sanctuary here that we're kind of unpacking here. But what does that sanctuary point to? And this is the same point, I think, that uh, just building on what you shared, Buster, that um, it's building on this aspect of the currency of relationship. Yes. Uh, and and so we, we need to see the face of Jesus himself um, and to sense his presence in our lives. I, I love to pray for my students. Um, and the prayer that I, I, I love to pray the most is that they would sense in a tangible way God's working in their hearts and lives. And, and I think that's true for all of us. That's God's desire for us. He, yeah. he wants to be involved and engaged. We, we need to see his face 
in not just theoretically, right? Not just like imagining it, you know, um, or, or imagining the sanctuary or whatever, but but to see that in tangible, demonstrable ways in how we treat one another, yeah. how we interact um, with the people that we're going to meet through the day today, uh, and that. Uh, in some sense that that we have the opportunity to both and it's not just we experience God's love but we also have the opportunity and privilege to transmit and share that um, in tangible ways so that other people can see the face of Jesus through us amen amen and Michael I, I completely agree with that and we are the not only vessels but sometimes mm-hmm. we're the reflection mm-hmm. of Christ right yeah um, and I pray I, I pray for that every day as well for our students, especially in the midst of COVID, in the midst of anxiety and depression, so much on the rise. It really has uh, made that much more apparent, hasn't it, Buster? And it really has. And, yeah. and I think sometimes we forget at the the very foundation of strength of our students is not our teaching or is not even our interactions with them, it's our, it's our prayers for them. Yeah. Divine power. Divine power. Lives. Yeah. yeah. Just uh, those aspects of connecting. And, you know, the, the best part of teaching isn't even the stuff, the information that's transmitted in the classroom, like, no. you know, the lectures. Uh, I enjoy that. I But, but in fact, I find students don't really tend to learn as much when I just kind of get up there and pontificate no. what, what students really value. And what I've come to see as the longer I've been teaching is that value of being relational. When students come and ask, I've got a problem. You know, I learned about this in the classroom, but I don't know how to make that fit in my life, you know? Yeah. And to have those moments where we can connect, we pray, like you said, Buster, I know that's what you're all about too, you know? Yes. It's just, it's being relational um, and modeling what, what, and hopefully in some small way, imperfectly, albeit, but to, to model in some way, letting God working through us, that, that kind of thing. And I, and I think that's, the, that's what the beauty of Adventism is. Yes. Our Adventist identity is here we have the privilege at the very end of time to understand how amazing Amen. our God is. He's a loving God, a loving creator that both created us, redeemed us, and is coming to take us home. And if you know Jesus, <laughs> you're going to be so excited about his return. You're going to be excited about the message of the sanctuary in scripture because it tells us who God is. Amen. You know, uh, Michael, one of our mentors, uh, Dr. Bill Kilgore. Oh, yeah. He, he, told, he told me upon uh, entering here, he said, whenever a student comes to your office, close your laptop, stand up, and greet them. I love it. And, you know, I just remember that. And he was someone who was uh, yeah. a huge inspiration in my life, mm-hmm. a great mentor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, Michael, I see you doing, doing the same thing, mm-hmm. right? Uh, your door is always open, and students are constantly in and out of there. And it's so important. But those of you who are listening at home, yeah. uh, maybe you're not teaching, but... You know, when your friend, your loved ones, your children, yeah. your wife, your husband, whatever it might be, make sure you have that time for them because you first had that time with God. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Every every day, just those moments, small moments sometimes, you know, but those are the moments that matter the most. Amen. Yeah. Well, I think that puts a wrap for another week. Yeah, I, I think so as well. So this is Soup. And Swoops. Signing, signing out. out. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personal colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swahoo.edu. 
or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.